just to start us off, could you tell us a little bit about your job and what you do for the San Francisco Chronicle? Well, I'm a veteran reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle. Mm -hmm. I've specialized in homelessness and serial murder and disasters for quite a long time. I've covered a wide range of things, and I did a podcast series of eight episodes with seven stories, long stories, that went with them in a chronicle last spring, and it got a lot of international attention and brought the doodler kind of off the back shelves into the public consciousness. It's been a cold case since the Mm mid-70s, and uh, I got super interested in it. And the way I got into it was the main investigator on that case, named Dan Cunningham called me a few years ago and was looking for some information that had been in our paper. He was looking for a reporter who was the last one to cover the case for us in the, in the 70s. And that reporter died. Uh, I found him. And shortly after I found him, he died of cancer, I believe it was. And so I went back to the investigator named Dan Cunningham. I said, you know, what's this all about? He, he kind of told me some of the details of it, did some more research, and I became really fascinated by the, the mystery of this. And so was Dan. It's a cold case that's really kind confounding and has a lot of history to it and nearly 50 years later it's unsolved Mm -hmm. could you do a a quick case summary for us um just in case you have more information that we may have missed in our own research well, in 1974, the Doodler killings began. And what happened was the killer would walk into a gay bar, pick a mark, sitting at the bar or a table somewhere around in the area, and sketch him, usually on a napkin. And he was a good artist. Mm-hmm. So he'd walk up to the man afterwards and show him the sketch and say, hey, like my doodle? And if the guy did, they'd talk and kind of get to know each other a little bit. And the doodler would say, hey, let's, let's go out and have a hookup. So they'd go off to any of the secret hookup places that were popular back then. Mm-hmm. The parklands, and somewhere in the middle of that hookup, the doodler pulled out a knife and stabbed five men to death. Mm-hmm. Went on for you know in '74 and '75, mm-hmm. and left the bodies in the sand and in the bushes, and didn't leave anything in the way of clues, really. And DNA was not a thing back then, so. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of attention to preserving whatever might have been there in the way of DNA. So these killings went unsolved all these years later. And the context for this is that in the early and mid-1970s, it was it was a time of great gay liberation, mm-hmm. uh, especially in San Francisco. Dozens of bars uh, were all over the Tenderloin and the Castro District and Pope Gulch, as they call it. These are great drag shows and uh, great places to meet other, other guys uh, and women, too. Too, but it was a it was a heavily male gay scene that mm-hmm. the dude especially the one that the doodler was focusing on mm-hmm. and uh, at the time there were still sodomy laws on the books uh, it was illegal to have gay sex it was illegal even to be cross-dressing or walking down the street holding hands with another guy you can get arrested so mm-hmm. police were you know fairly focused on busting guys for doing this you know illegal behavior mm-hmm. uh, and there was a lot of resistance to that and the times changed. Today, it's a little hard for people, especially young folks today, to realize that there was a time when this was considered depraved behavior to be homosexual, you know, acting out who you are in public. It's just, it was a different, oppressive time. And the dude that took advantage of that. Yeah. What has it been like for you to do such a deep dive into this case? And, like, how has the whole process been for you? 
I've been a, a crime and homeless and general assignment reporter for decades. It's, I guess for me, it was, it was absolutely fascinating. Deep diving into the history of that era mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the bravery of gay men, LGBTQ people as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, facing such oppressive times was really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. People fighting so hard to be themselves. And then the tragedy of a killer taking advantage of people in that era uh, mm-hmm. was, was just awful. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of lot of gay people, LGBTQ people being bullied, spit at, yelled at, killed. And it was it was a it was a dangerous time to be yourself. Yeah. And if you were LGBTQ, it took some real real backbone to be yourself. And I found time after time I talked to people who were from that era and they were so impressive and so brave and so mm-hmm. you know, grateful the times changed. I'm grateful the times changed. Yeah. I was listening to your podcast and it said that there was a possibility that the killings actually didn't involve the doodles. There's that possibility. Whenever a murder is unsolved, you got to take every possibility into account. The investigators back then, Mateo Guilford and Earl Sanders, who were terrific homicide inspectors, believed this was the technique being used. And they they were much closer to the scene back then than we are today, nearly 50 years later. But if you go into an investigation as a reporter or as a policeman, as a detective, uh, with pre-formed assumptions, what you're gonna find, mm-hmm. uh, you're not you're not keeping your eyes open for the odd angle that might crack the case. Yeah. So you have to have your mind open to anything. Until it's done, it's never done. Yeah. What we found in our research was that a lot of the victims who survived remained anonymous. Do you think that was really detrimental to the case and when it was being solved back in the seventies? Yes, I do, and I can understand why the survivors of the Doolers attack did not want to come out in public yeah Yeah. at the the time well you know at the time you could be fired ostracized attacked i mean it was not it was not easy to to out yourself in public yeah what about the suspect that i think lives in the east bay he he was also interviewed in 2018 well he was a suspect in the in the mid 70s today Mm -hmm. that man is not a suspect he is a person of interest Mm-hmm. You're only a suspect when the police name you as a suspect. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who are possibles as well. Mm-hmm. But the investigators think there's still a good chance that this person of interest may have been involved. He's certainly worth looking at. That's the, the way that gets phrased. But, you know, they're not dragging him in for questioning or putting any handcuffs on him, that's for sure. Do you know if there's been anything going on in neighboring states? Yeah, I found, well, I got some tips uh, from other oh. states in the, mm-hmm. in the south in particular, oh. south, of, south of the United States, that there were killings similar to the Doodlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh. the Doodler may have taken off on at least one road trip, continued his killing after mm-hmm. he did what he did in San Francisco. Oh, were these recent? More recent than the mid-70s, yeah, but not super recent, no. They're still many years ago. Mm-hmm. The Doodler, if he's alive today, would probably be in his 70s. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you still getting tips, like, as of the past couple of years? Oh, I've got tons of tips in the last couple of years, and I still get them. They still filter in. Uh, I did a story, yeah, I did a story, I believe it was last month. The last one that I did about the reward being doubled and the yeah. sixth man being added to the roles. 
Yeah. I uh, got tips after that one ran. Oh. Have they proved helpful to the case at all? You never know till they get chased out. They're promising. The case is still open, correct? And the police are still investigating it? Yes. Yes, okay. How did you go into investigating all of the victims and finding where they came from and all of their family and everything? Well, I extensively interviewed the investigators in this case. Looked at the news clippings we had, uh, the news clippings in the papers of the time, put together a a list of the victims, the characteristics of the victims, list and characteristics of the suspects, list and characteristics of um, all the known witnesses I could find, the known major figures of the time in the police, political, and LGBTQ circles, Mm -hmm. uh, and just started interviewing everyone I could get my hands on who I thought would be most relevant. It was enormously time consuming it took me about a year to do that podcast wow and talking about someone named sanders who almost caught the doodler was there any updates with that earl sanders was one of the two investigators on the case who got very close to what they believed would be breaking the the, the thing open and making an arrest. They couldn't close it out. Earl Sanders uh, later on became the first black police chief in San Francisco. And his his partner, Rotea Guilford, and he uh, worked hard on that Doodler case for more than a year at least. Oh, wow. The important thing to remember about this this case is, is Cunningham is still working really viable clues. He's found some new evidence. I, I and my partner, Mike Taylor, I want to give him a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. He and I were, you know, joined at the hip on this project. And mm-hmm. Mike Taylor is a he's a private investigator who was a reporter at the Chronicle with me for many years. Uh, and I enlisted him to, to work with me on this project. And he and I and, and Cunningham have turned up clues. Dan has put his shoulder to the wheel very hard on this thing. He would love to break this case. And Mike and I care very deeply about finding justice in these killings. He has a lot. He has a lot to do with how we got where we got to in the podcast. That's great. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It's it's, it's really fascinating just to just to hear about it. You know. It's interesting. The thing to remember in, in something like this is it's never considered to be entertainment or anything like that. There are real people who died in this thing. Yeah. yeah. Always real victims and real anguish and sorrow. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah. So always remember, this is not entertainment at all. Yeah. Thank you so much for um, doing this with us. Like we really appreciate it. Okay. Well, thanks for your patience with me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.